Um, y'all, this morning we actually are starting a brand new series. Uh, my wife actually crushed it last month. She did a whole series on on worship, and it was awesome. Was it not so good? It was a, a, a series called No Cap, No Cap, right? And if you're if you are if you're I guess a teenager, maybe you understand what the word No Cap means. But No Cap means for real, like the truth, right? And it was really good. But this morning we are starting a series called According to Luke. According to Luke. And I believe this is going to be about a seven-part series. Uh, but I am really excited about this series. I was talking to my wife, and we were talking to our team before. And we were just talking about how much, like, I've started reading Luke. And I'm like, man, I love the Bible. Anybody else love the Word? Anybody else love the Bible? I love the Bible. I love the Bible. But every now and then, I just get stuck on a book, right? Every now and then, I just get stuck on maybe an author. Or I love the Psalms. I love anything from David, right? But I have started reading Luke, and I am just like, Goodness, this is so good. It's really good. And you guys, we are going to break that down, and I'm going to try and get through this pretty quickly. Are you all ready? Praise God, one of you, everybody else. Are you all ready? Buckle up because it's about to get good, right? So this is kind of an introduction slash I'm going to try and tackle some of the first chapter of, of Luke. But I want to talk to you about Luke the book, and then I want to talk to you real quick about Luke the man, right? The gospel of Luke is an incredibly detailed biography of Jesus. It's an incredibly detailed biography of Jesus, emphasizing different aspects of the uh, and facts of the person Jesus and his ministry, right? And y'all know, if anybody has been Christian for any amount of time, you know that there are four Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? And if you didn't know that, there you go. There are four Gospels. There you go. You can have it, right? Every one of the Gospels was written to a specific people group for a specific purpose for a specific reason, right? Matthew was written to those who were Jewish, right? Mark was written to the, to the Romans. John was written to those who were Greek. And Luke was written to the Gentiles of the day. I don't know how many Jewish people do we got in the room, okay? If you're not Jewish, then you're a Gentile unless, you know, you're adopted into the family, right? I'm adopted. Are you really Jewish, Kim? Are you? <laughs> she raised her hand. Look, I'm adopted into the family too, okay? I am Jewish by adoption. Come on, somebody. But Luke was writing to people who didn't have the privilege of being raised in the synagogue, right? They didn't have the privilege of studying the Torah. They didn't have the privilege of learning Jewish history. So he was writing this going, I'm a, I am a Gentile, and I have fallen in love with Jesus with my whole life. And so I want to create a detailed documentary, a detailed biography of the life of Jesus. And here's the thing, Luke, and I'm going to talk about the person in a moment, but Luke was actually a doctor, right? So he was super brilliant, he was super smart, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Luke's gospel is the largest gospel out of all of them, right? There are 1,151 verses in the book of Luke, right? And 568 of those are Jesus talking, right? 568 verses uh, uh, in the book of Luke are Jesus talking. If you want to know what Jesus said, then read Luke, right? Because there's a whole lot of his words in there. I love me some red letters. Come on, somebody. You believe that? Read Luke. So the, the biggest thing is this. When uh, this was a couple of years ago, my family started this tradition, actually, where on December 1st, we would read the first chapter of Luke, and we would read it all the way 
up until Christmas, right? Because there's 24 chapters in Luke. So you can actually, you can read it on the very first day, read it as a family, and you are welcome to take that tradition because it is really awesome. Um, we even actually made videos that we'll probably be posting again uh, that we went through and did like a little, kind of a little, uh, kind of a synopsis of, of each chapter. So Luke the book and then Luke the man, right? Luke, his ministry was known for being incredibly detailed, right? He was known for sifting through the facts and finding out truth, right? Uh, what I wrote down here and on the notes is Luke's ministry was known for digging deep into the details and seeking out the truth, seeking out the truth. Luke was a travel companion of Paul, right? Did anybody know that? Luke traveled with Paul. Pretty sure he was his personal physician. That'd be pretty tight, right? Like, if you get sick, you're like, let me diagnose the problem and let me pray for you, son, right? Like, that would be a pretty cool physician, right? So, and, and the thing about Luke is Paul gave Luke probably one of, to me, because I love Paul, would be one of the greatest compliments I would ever want to get from Paul, right? Paul said this, when everyone else left me, Luke was there. So when everybody else was like, oh, yeah, this guy's stirring up junk. He's trying to stir up riots. He's in the, you know, he's getting thrown in jail talking about Jesus when people don't want him talking about Jesus. Everyone else jumped ship, and Luke was loyal. Everybody needs a Luke in their life. Come on, somebody, right? Because if I go to prison for preaching the gospel, I want Luke to be visiting me and making sure that I'm not getting sick in jail, right? <laughs> come on, come on. Luke was awesome, so awesome. So starting out, Luke, the intro, it talks about Luke writing this book to a man named Theolo Theophilus. Theophilus, there we go. I knew I'd get it. Theophilus, right? Theophilus was most likely, uh, you know, people say that he was a Roman official, and he had given his heart to Jesus, and Luke was writing this to go, listen, I've got something I want to make sure that you understand. Listen, and I want you to hear me. That Jesus is not based on fairy tales, but Jesus is based on historical facts and actual, like for real people, really saw it happen. It wasn't something where you were just trying to get up and convince people to follow you. Like everything he said was legit and everything he said actually happened. And that's what Luke was setting out to do. Cool thing is this. Theophilus actually means, the word actually means a lover of God. Lover of God. So you can actually translate it. This book is written to those who love God. Right? This book is written to those who love God. Now, look, I'm going to warn you beforehand. We have a lot of scripture. So if you ain't read your Bible, you're going to get plenty of it today, okay? Are you all ready for this? Are you all ready for this? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God, right? Okay, well, let's start in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. It says this. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. Verse 2, they used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples, having carefully, right? Everybody say carefully. Carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I have also decided to write a what? Accurate, an accurate account for you. How many of you know truth matters? I don't even, that's not even in my notes, but truth matters. And I'm telling you, listen, we live in a culture right now where crazy disinformation, you know it is, right? And we need some Lukes to stand up and just say, you know what, this is what the word says. That's what it says. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? 
Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have also decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus. So you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. You were taught, right? Verse 5, and I promise we're going to, it's going to be so good. I I really do promise. It's going to be so good. Verse 5, it says, when Herod, the king of Judea, or Herod was the king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. Zachariah is cool. He's a really cool dude. He was a member of the priestly order of, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. And his, <laughs> and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Much easier to say. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in, the, in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. Verse 7, they had no children. This is important because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. This is so big. One day, Zechariah was serving in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of priests, he was chose, chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary. There is so much there. I was talking to Kim about it last night. I'm like, in that one scripture, it's like, holy cow, there's so much history in that that I genuinely don't have time to get into it. Study it. I promise it's good, right? As custom. Uh, of the priest, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Verse 10, while the incense was burning, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord, so just imagine this, right? An angel of the Lord just pops up, right? Imagine if we're in church and then all of a sudden, right behind me, just an angel of the Lord, right? Like, we read this and we're like, oh, it's just an angel. But, like, you can see by his response, right? So the, in the sanctuary, the angel of the Lord appeared, uh, it says, with him standing right of the incense altar. It says this, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear with what he saw. But the angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your what? Come on, everybody say it. God has heard your what? God has heard your prayer. Listen to me. Some of y'all have been praying for something for a long time. And I'm telling you, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. Angel Lord says, God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you will name him John. Verse 14. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice. We're going to skip to 18 real quick, okay? Because it basically goes on saying all the cool things that John's going to do. Don't touch alcohol. Don't do these things, blah, 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 right? Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, this is where it gets a little sketch, okay? Gets a little sketch, right? Zechariah goes, like, he's been praying this, guys. Like, he has been praying, God, make my wife pregnant. And then he goes, he goes, uh, Zechariah said to the angel, how can this be sure, or how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man, and my wife is also along in years. <laughs> Verse 19, the angel gets a little salty, okay? He says, then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. Like, Kim sent me, like, a gift that was, like, like Gabriel just straight, Holy Ghost, pimp slapped uh, <laughs> Zechariah, right? I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God 
it was he who sent me to bring you this good news, right? So, like, he's a little bitter. Like, he's a little upset. Like, who do you think I am, dude? Like, do you think I'm just coming here, like, running my mouth for nothing? Like, come on. You know, he's just super upset by that. Verse 20. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent to speak until the child is born. And, guys, that's basically what happened, right? He, the child was born and it uh, wasn't until he said the name, we will name him John, and he began to speak. And I'm jumping. I promise we're going to get into this. It's going to be really good. I promise, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping to 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth to the village of Gal- Galilee. Come on. Verse 27. To a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to a man to be to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king of David. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to stop real quick and just say this. You would think by now angels would have a better way of, like, showing up on the scene, right? Because every person that an angel just busts out, they're like, like scared to death, right? So it's like, come on, guys, like maybe give like a trumpet or a heads up or something like, oh, an angel's coming, right? So verse 29, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. And the angel told her, for you have found, fa- for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth, and you will name him Jesus. Come on, somebody. You will name him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David. Verse 33, he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm going to read. I'm going to read one more verse, and then we're going to get into it, okay? I have more, but I'm going to stop because this is a lot. I feel like verse overload, maybe a little. No, we're good, okay. Verse 34, it says this, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin, right? Like, right? And so how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I'm going to read one more. Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, or the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. The Son of God. Are you all ready to get into this? Was that too much? Was that too much? I feel like we're actually in the temple reading scripture. Let's go. All right. I have one point this morning, and then we're going we're gonna to get through it. Okay, one point. The truth is, everyone in this room faces an impossible situation at some point. Everyone does. Every single person in this room. Both of these people that we just read, Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary, both of them were impossible, right? Both of them were impossible. And the thing is, is both of them had very similar attributes. Like, when I was reading this, I was sitting there going, Dang, Gabriel, like you got you got mad at Zachariah and Mary asked a similar question. She was like, How can this be? I'm a virgin, you know. And I started studying this and I realized that honestly, it was the response that actually made Gabriel react the way that he did, right? It was the response. One of them responded correctly, one of them did not, right? One of them did not. But here's the reality, right? Looking at Zachariah. How many of us have prayed something over 
and over and over and over again. Just believing for God to do a miracle, for believing for God to move and do something incredible. And it just feels like it's never happening. Can I be real? Right? I have had a back injury for as long as I can remember. I mean, it's been forever. And it is, it's seriously, the older I get, the worse it gets. And I'm telling you, I started having my kids, when we pray at night and read the word together, I started having, guys, can you just pray for my back? Pray for my back. And it's been a long time of praying, a long time. And I just, I just remember, to be honest with you, going, well, God, I believe totally that you can heal everyone else. But maybe it's just not meant for me to get healed. You know, actually, even my kids are saying, they're like, maybe you're not supposed to be healed. I'm like, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm going to get healed, okay? Right? I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a child. Be quiet. Right? But I'm being honest, right? Like, that's real. That's real, right? And, and I, look at, I look at someone like, you know, I look at someone like Zachariah, and I'm like, this guy was old, and he had probably been praying for a long time. If you read the scripture, it literally says that, that when the Lord healed her and gave her a baby, that it says that the shame, right, the shame of not being able to have a baby was lifted, right? There was a lot of emotional stress going on in this situation. And, and what, the other day, we're at youth small group, right? And by the way, the youth small group is blowing up, dude. I wish Taryn was here, like, Someone was like, you got more kids in your youth small group than you do in your church. And I'm like, praise God. I know, it's so awesome, right? Um, we're at the youth small group, and at the end of it, they're praying for each other. And out of the other room, I just hear them praying for my back, right? My kids are just, can you pray for my dad's back? Can you just pray my dad's back? And I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's seriously what I was thinking. Oh, that's cute. And can I tell you something? The next day I woke up, and my back was like 70% better. Four years, bro, four years, and I mean that, like 70% better. And I was like, I'm not trying to jinx it, but my back actually feels better. Like, like so crazy, right? And I'm sitting here going, gosh, like I could have lost my voice. Like, I mean, I've, wait, I've lost my voice. I'm just, <laughs> but I'm going, I'm going, like I had been at a place where like I was still believing. I'll never stop believing, but I, but I was struggling, right? And so that's where, that's where Gabriel that's where Gabriel was. And I mean, have y'all ever met someone that can't have a child? Like it is, it, when we read this scripture, it's like, oh, you know, they just couldn't have a baby. You know, Elizabeth was unable to bear children. I'm like, I've met people. I know people personally that, that are barren and it is, it's, it's, it's terrible for people, you know. And, um, you know, and the Lord can use it. The, I know a couple that they've started adopting, and, and it's, it's awesome. The Lord is, has, has used it. But here's the thing. Let me just say this. Zachariah had a bad mindset, and it cost him his voice. Did you hear me? Zachariah had a bad mindset, and it cost him his voice. I know it's not popular to talk about, hey, if you do something in your life, you're in, in you, there are consequences to your actions, okay? That's the reality, though right? Zachariah, even though you can sympathize with the man, even though you can say, you know what? I totally, totally understand where this guy's coming from. Just because it's justified doesn't mean it's the right response, right? There are some people in this room, you've been holding on to unforgiveness. You've been holding on to bitterness. And just because the person who hurts you is right, that was wrong. It was so wrong. 
But bitterness and unforgiveness is not good for you. And it's not okay. Even though it's justified doesn't mean it's okay. Why? Because bad mindsets, watch this, lead to bad actions. Bad actions lead to bad consequences. Did you hear me? I'm going to say that again because when I was writing this, I was like, yes. Bad mindsets lead to bad actions. Bad actions lead to bad consequences. Look at me. Bad mindset, if you catch it in time, you're good, right? You won't eventually get to the bad consequences. But if you have a bad mindset and then you start doing bad actions, you're going to lead to bad actions. And then bad consequences come from that. Here, let me just say this. Before everybody in the room starts feeling like, oh, my God, right? Listen, thank God. Thank Jesus for his grace. Thank Jesus for his grace. Because here's the crazy thing. You look at the story. Well, read the story. Mary was, was impregnated with Jesus, the Savior of the world. And then Elizabeth, even though, even though uh, Zachariah was like, well, how can that even happen? And you know what? The Bible, literally, it's a mute thing. So you're reading it, but you're not hearing it. Who knows? Zachariah's attitude could have been like, Gabriel, you're an idiot. Like, we're young. I mean, we're old. We're not young anymore. We're old. How can I have a baby? How can my wife have a baby? We're old. Like, it could have been, I mean, that's probably why he was so salty. Like, he was salty because Zachariah ran his mouth, probably, right? I love to say this. This morning, and I've already, the scripture's up there, or the title's up there. But I want to I really talk to you from the phrase, but God. But God. And those of you sitting there going, what in the world does that mean? Listen, everybody in this room has a but. And I'm not talking about B-U-T-T, Okay. I'm talking about B-U-T, but, right? Everybody in this room has a but, everybody. Let me give you some examples. I really want to pursue what Jesus is calling me to pursue, but it feels impossible. But it feels impossible. I would love for Jesus to heal me, but it probably won't happen. I would love for my husband to come to Jesus, but it probably won't ever happen. I would love for my wife to come to Jesus, but it's probably never going to happen. I would love to find a godly spouse, but probably won't happen. Can I tell you something this morning? God has a bigger butt than you. Somebody's going to put that on YouTube. Like, Pastor City Point, just say that God has a bigger butt, right? B-U-T, y'all, but God, let me show you this. Acts chapter 3, verse 15, it says this. You killed the author of life, but God, right? But God raised him from the dead. And all we are witnesses of this fact. Acts chapter 7, verse, uh, verse 9, it says this. The patriarchs were jealous of the brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. What? Say it again. What? But God was with him, verse 10, and rescued him from all his troubles. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But, come on, that big old but, with God, all things are possible. Psalms 37, I'm going to keep going. Psalm 73, verse 26, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And one more, Genesis 50, 20, it says this, you intended to harm me. What? Come on, what? 
But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. But God. But God. It's impossible. But God can do it. Do you believe that this morning? You may feel like you are in such a rut, you're never going to get out of it. But God can give you the strength to get out of it. I don't know about y'all, but I am fired up about this. What my friend Kim told me this last night, it's not impossible, it's him possible. Come on, somebody. What? Come on, that's way better than I said this morning. I tried to share that earlier, and they looked at me like I was an idiot. And I'm like, okay, moving on, right? Listen, watch this real quick, real quick. Don't let the fear of your situation cause you to lack in faith. Did you hear me? Don't let the fear of your situation cause you to lack in faith. And Gabe, are you coming up? You can come up. Come on. Don't let the fear of your situation cause you to lack in faith. I want you all to hear me. I want you all to hear me say something real quick. And if you actually can, can you stand to your feet? And we're going to... We're going to close the service out, but I want to read this to y'all real quick. And, and as soon as you stand, just close your eyes if you don't mind. James 1 says this. James 1 says this. It says, verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our God, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled. Some of us are unsettled right now. I'm just being honest. I'm being real. Because if you are unsettled, if this describes you, if you are unsettled, saying you're not unsettled doesn't make you unsettled. Or it doesn't make you not unsettled. Speaking it doesn't make you not unsettled. It says this. Do not waver or be a person with divided loyalty as unsettled as the waves of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, this is so crazy, it's just the fact. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Do this. While, while You can open your eyes real quick, and I want you to keep standing. But actually, I want you to watch. I have a video that I want you all to watch real quick. This is really important. I want you to watch it. You can kill the lights. Go ahead and watch. My name is Sean. Um, I was uh, born and raised in, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I grew up in a home broken people that uh, did their want, very sorry. best to raise me. But I grew up angry. Angry that my mom and dad weren't together. Angry that my stepdad would drink and beat up on my mom. When I was about 14, that pain started to turn into almost a rage. Really, when I look back, it fueled almost 15 years of addiction when I was in high school, towards the end, 11th, 12th grade, I met a young lady and I thought her and I were gonna be together forever. We packed our stuff, we moved to Florida, 
a little later, we even got married and conceived a child. But that life that I was living, it all caught up to be one night. I, I found myself sitting in a, a parking lot selling ecstasy pills to an undercover police officer. It was a setup. I'm sitting in Broward County Jail facing 10 years in prison. But God, the state said 10. God said no. Five. During my time in prison, I lost my wife, but I found Jesus. My life had, had turned around for the best. I had peace and joy. I had found purpose. And although my prison time, it didn't change. The sentence, it didn't change. But what was in me, the purpose and the things that drove me now, it changed forever. And it was towards the end of my prison sentence that I was given the opportunity to go into a work release program. It was on that work release job that I would meet the love of my life. We now have three beautiful children. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage. Now I serve as the evangelism and outreach pastor where I oversee the same work that brought me hope when I was behind bars. My but God is that God can call and use anybody, even an ex-drug dealer like me. All right, you can stand to your feet one more time, y'all. Sorry, we are in mass now, come on. On the real, on the real, can I just, can I speak to you real quick? It doesn't matter what you've done. It, it doesn't matter. The Lord can still use you. There are people in this room that I've, I've had conversations with y'all. There are people in this room that you've, you've done crazy stuff. I've done crazy stuff. And the Lord can turn it around. He can use you to change the lives of people that are in your family. He can use you to change the lives of people that are in your neighborhood. Come on. That person that, that lives next door to you that you cannot stand. Come on. The Lord can use you to change their life. That relative that you're like, dude, that person is so far gone, so far lost. There's nothing that the Lord, I, the Lord can't even do it. But God can do it. Do you believe that? So do me a favor. One more time. Close your eyes. You know, I just feel like there are, there are people in this room right now. I don't know what part of the message hit you. I don't know what part of, of, of the, I don't know what part the Lord has tugged on your heart at. But maybe, maybe you're sitting there, you've been praying for a long time that the Lord would move. And you just feel lost. You feel like Zachariah did. You just feel like you're doubting. 
I just got the image of the children of Israel literally wandering around the wilderness looking for the promised land. There are people in this room, you've been wandering. I don't know who that is, but there are, somebody, there are people in this room, you've been wandering, and the Lord is saying, you know what? It's time to stop wandering. It's, start to, it's time to start settling. It's, start to grow, it's time to start growing roots.